Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Mythical morning, everyone. It's Vita Girl Economist coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News. And I'm flying solo today because El Cuco is out. And with that being said, also check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity. Make Rogue News your headquarters for all things geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic. It is the forefront of all things, my friends. And also check out our paid sponsors, MyCBDEdibles.com, MyCBDEdibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness. And with that being said, let's get into the news of the day. I hope all of y'all are doing well. And uh, uh, hold on. Hope all of y'all are doing well and uh, are having a good time. Just... Uh, Trying to get into this day. It's Monday. Mondays are always slow, you know? Not slow work-wise. Just, like, slow getting into it. And there's a lot of things I want to cover today, okay? There's some minor things. And uh, to make this show trending, you got to put up some of the minor things as headline news, as headline titles, so to speak. And that is the entire Facebook leak. And then we're going to cover some more important things. The more important things are the geostrategic because, let's be honest here, America's a clown show. We are all living in clown world, okay? And there are people caught on both sides, the left and the right, that are in varying stages of delusion, okay? And I'm talking about delusion in the sense that they are completely deluded. And I think that the delusion comes from the fact that the America that America has the power that it once was is gone. And now utilizing their own narratives, their own worldviews, their own hopium, their own preconceived notions on how the world really operates. Both the left and the right are concocting their own vision of America going forward. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what vision the left or the right concocts to a dying, broke, insolvent, irrelevant former superpower. The only thing that matters right now, folks, going forward, and the only thing that has mattered for the last few years is how the world responds to this dying, 
drunken, homeless bum? How does the world respond? And that is the bigger news. Because you got to understand, any sort of national news that you can ever think of, any new scandal bursting at the seams with Facebook and, and this, that, and the other, these are just ancillary nothings. Talking points or, 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 or just glib news clips at the best. So we're going to cover that. And we're going to cover the, the geopolitics, which really dictates where this country is going to be ending up. So it doesn't matter what the vision for the left is. It doesn't matter what the vision of the right is. What matters is what has always mattered throughout the annals of history. And that is he who has the gold makes the rules. It's the only thing that has ever mattered. And America is not exempt from history. No, no, no. You see, somehow we think we're divinely orchestrated. That There's some sort of a divine hand on us. I could argue that there probably was at one time. But we delude ourselves into thinking that karma need not apply. We delude ourselves in our own hubris thinking that what has fallen hundreds of empires in Earth's past will not befall us. We're thinking that we're somehow absolved of the... side effects, the reactions, the consequences of our actions globally, and we're not. Vladimir Putin had an interesting speech at the Valdai conference, and I'm going to probably get, I'm going to save that for tomorrow when I have Matthew Arad on. And there was a clip of Vlad where he said something so profound. He said, when you look at empires... Empires believe, they always start out that they're undefeatable, they'll last forever. But they'll go on for imperpetuity, forever. And they keep throwing money at their problems. You got a problem here? Well, we'll buy out this person, we'll pay off that guy, we'll bomb this person, we'll kill that guy, we'll destroy this country, we'll take out that country, we'll reform this, and we'll topple that. And eventually all the problems that America's been involved in, the problems don't really go away. It just becomes, it just gets more, it gets compounded. And Vladimir Putin said that America is going the way of the Soviet Union, and he's 100% Correct. 100% correct. So today I'm going to start off this broadcast with something that we already, well, I already mentioned this. Facebook shares under pressure following release of leaked whistleblower documents. Now, none of this is earth-shattering news to any of us. Right? None of this is. Facebook Papers, a series of articles published by a consortium of 17 U- U.S. news outlets, beginning Friday, shed new light on the company's thinking 
behind its actions leading to a capital insurrection on January 6th. Insurrection. What an insurrection. Wow. I hate when they use that word. It just, it, it, it just irks me. And its ability to fend off hate speech in languages outside of English. Facebook shares were slightly negative in early trading Monday after news outlets published their stories based upon the leaked documents. The company is also scheduled to report quarterly earnings after markets closed Monday. The documents were provided to the news outlets by Francis Hogan, a former Facebook employee who took tens of thousands of pages of internal research with her before she left. She since provided those documents to Congress and the Securities Exchange Commission seeking whistleblower status. At the heart of these stories is a premise which is false, a Facebook spokesperson said in a statement. Yes, we're a business. Yes, we make profit. But the idea is that we do so at the expense of people's safety or well-being. Misunderstands where our own commercial interests lie. It's bullshit. We all know Facebook makes money over ruining the lives of people. That's it. Their entire business model is about getting a person's data in order to sell them to you. Okay? That's what the whole entire business model is. So that's Facebook. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into the stupid whistleblower who is a fake to begin with. The bigger question is what we all need to be answering. Why is the establishment throwing Facebook under the bus? Is it because they're trying to get rid of Zuckerberg? Maybe Zuck has served his purpose. I mean, didn't he rename his company Metaverse or some shit like that, right? I think he's, re- you know, they're getting rid of him for some reason. They're giving him all this heat. How that plays out, I don't know, nor do I care. Well, I have my hunches. You want to know what the gorilla's hunches are? In 2012 and in 2013, a certain monetary monkey of mayhem, the great ape himself, the Optimus Private, the silverback, came on the scene and said that the credit bureaus, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian are going to go away of the dinosaurs. They're going to be done away with. And in 2012 and 2013, I think I was even on the Hagman show when I said this. I said, you know what? There's a time when all these credit bureaus are going to be done away with and your social media is what's going to matter. Right? Because we keep political dossiers on ourselves. We keep all sorts of a literal dossier of who we are handed over to the deep state. And I said the future of credit and the future of banking the future of it will be something where it, it, it it's taking into account your political leanings, your political out, well, outlooks, your associations, your things you say, as well as your health history, your bill payments and all that stuff. And it'll be some sort of a weird amalgam of a social score that's going to be put upon people, which will be the forerunner to the carbon credit. And we can kind of see that. And the reason why I believe there is heat on on the Zuckerberg, on the android himself. The reason why there is heat on this company is, is not to destroy the company. At worst, what we'll do is probably remove Zuckerberg as the as the CEO. He'll probably step down into the board and somebody more palatable, more malleable. I don't know anybody more malleable or programmable as the Android himself. I mean, look at Zuckerberg. He's a, he's, a, he's a robot. But it provides two things. Number one, it shows to the 
plebeians. But our government cares. But most importantly, what it does, it, it, it is priming Facebook, which is a company that was funded by a CIA operation, by a CIA front company called Incutel. They also funded Google. Incutel is the CIA front company that's created all these social media programs that everybody's into. Whatever changes that the psychopaths in Congress are coming up, you can understand that the low IQ morons in Congress didn't write these changes, right? It is coming from a technocratic elite. It is coming from the lobbyists that work for the technocratic elite because lobbyists do concoct and create laws that the idiotic, you know, basal, average-minded, mediocre congressmen and women pass. So the heat on Facebook is a coordinated heat. Why? Because we are witnessing the beginnings of a social credit score system. It's been working in shadow the last four or five years. We've all heard about this. So-and-so wakes up. His bank account shut down. He gets a letter in the, in the, you know, in the mail. Hey, we're no longer going to be servicing you. Why? Because you showed up at a protest. You no longer can fly on this airline. You no longer can come to this uh, restaurant. You no longer can have this service. You're no longer on the social media platform. So the forerunner or the progenitors of this entire social credit score has been working in the shadows covertly in the last several years. And now we're seeing a, a transition. A, we're seeing a, uh, an intensification. As what was once practiced in the shadows, what was once called a conspiracy theory and a far right-wing conspiracy of that, is now coming forward, and you are all witnessing it, Metaverse, Alphabet, all these companies renaming themselves, all these companies getting more and more hitched into the Borg. All of it. Because they're coming for you. You see? They're coming for you. In order for their Green New Deal... In order for their, what's the word I'm looking for, great reset to work, it has to be a fundamental, there has to be a fundamental transformation on the very process and mediums and platforms in which transactions take place. Now, transactions are no longer just of the monetary variety. We are moving into a realm where transactions are transcending what has traditionally been called money, and it's transcending into all, all sorts of various other things. Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and the like. So there has to be a more tighter fishing net to catch all the fishes. 
Do not think it's coincidence, folks, that while this all this heat is happening with Facebook and all this talk of social media and justice and we need this to make it more fair and equitable and fighting hate speech and blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, they're blocking the snot out of conservative channels on Facebook. Meanwhile, Breitbart has seen its traffic piddle to next to nothing on Facebook. Same with this channel. Every day I see views go from 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 views down to 3,000. And we always hover around 3,200 to 3,800 pretty much on every single one. We're being throttled. Wake up one day, 6,000 subscriptions are gone. I'm like, what the how, 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 how'd that happen? But you see, the real censorship is the censorship that, that really questions, whether it's from real conservatives or real liberals that question the mainstream narrative. That type of viewpoint, that type of, 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 of platform is squelched, deplatformed, destroyed, or completely bogged down and slowed down and lost within the algorithmic search patterns. They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about, we want to make it fair and equitable so that people with uh, genders and, oh, this obs- oh, we're so obsessed with genders and microaggressions and all the people that have all the different color skin, if you're black, white, red, yellow, polka dot, can view and they can, they can, they can use our platform knowing it's a safe space. It's crazy, folks. It's absolutely crazy. Do not think that it's coincidence that while this is happening in a fake book, all of a sudden the Democrats, alongside leading the charge with Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, one of the most brilliant minds in Congress, And I say that jokingly, she's a halfwit. An absolute halfwit. And this brilliant mind, this, this dingbat who should be worth, somehow she's making $180,000 a year in Congress, been there entire, her entire life, but is worth like $200 million. Because you know why? She's an amazing options trader. Just like Hillary Clinton is the greatest cattle's futures trader on planet Earth. I mean, just brilliant. And of course, Congress is exempt from insider trading laws. And of course, Congress is exempt from the jab. And of course, Congress, over two to 300 of them were already on ivermectin when this whole thing started. Of course, Congress is exempt from all that. Of course, Congress is exempt from the $600 being looked into their bank accounts. Uh Uh-huh. Of course, Congress is going to be uh, exempt from the wealth tax because they are the looters. You want to talk about looters? People talk about Antifa. People talk about Black Lives Matter. People talk about the riots that were occurring in Democrat-controlled shithole cities. And they're saying, these are the looters. No, no, no. Your looters are not the ones in Milwaukee. The looters are not the ones in Wisconsin. The looters are not the ones in Chicago. The looters are not the ones in Seattle or, or, or in Portland, Oregon. Or in New York City. The looters, folks, the real looters are in Washington, D.C. 
I ain't mad at the looters in in New York City. I'm not mad at the looters the at the in the inner cities throughout America. I ain't mad. At the end of the day, they're just a bunch of hapless, half-witten victims, pawns, brainwashed degenerates of the Democratic Party. I am mad at the looters in Washington D.C. because the kind of looting they do cost this country trillions of dollars. Not millions, not billions, trillions with a T. So don't think it's a surprise, folks, that while this is happening, you have the clipped, the football with clipped hair, Janet Yellen, was out there saying, oh, we can have a, a, a tax uh, uh, on unforeseen gains. We can have a tax on unrealized gains. Unrealized gains is the cousin to deep storage gold. Right? When the real global reset happens, not what these idiots, these half-wit, nitwit, low-IQ, low-rent low retards and retreads that are in the World Economic Forum, They're not going to get the reset they want, but I'm going to tell you the real reset that's coming. And that is the multipolar world. And when that reset happens, folks, and the world goes to a physical economy based on physical production, not the imaginary gobbledygook of idiots who who grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. Now they're all bureaucrats and plutocrats and kleptocrats. I'm not talking about those idiots who, who, who think, who look at carbon and the imaginary world that they can concoct and all the phony financial instruments they can create utilizing the vacuous, vapous, ubiquitous carbon. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real world, folks. One based on physical production, on a physical economy. When that reset happens, folks, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> there is no golden Fort Knox. Remember what I said, he who has the gold makes the rules. Does the insolvent West, the I-7, a.k.a. the G-7, the seven most insolvent broke nations on God's green earth, do you think they have anything of any sort of physical repute to create whatever world order they want? you think idiots like Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, you think those halfwits, who lead the most broken, solvent nations on God's green earth, have any sort of wherewithal, have any sort of power? They don't. And this is why they're concocting this. While Facebook is being transformed between, you know, in, our, in our very eyes, here's the deal. Pelosi confirms wealth tax on billionaires, unrealized gains on, uh, is, is on the way. Unrealized gains. So let me get this straight. You first hyperinflate to oblivion all of our earnings, right? All the assets we own, you hyperinflate it. And people are like, oh, this is just for the billionaires. Folks, any talk about going after billionaires is a mute point. It is about eliminating the competition, all right? Because you got to understand, these congressmen and women work for the kleptocratic ruling class. These congresswomen and men work 
for the parasitic oligarchs. This is not about going after billionaires. This is about eliminating their competition and stifling our growth. And growth, I mean our growth, your pocketbook. So let me get this straight. This, I, I promise you this. Any law they enact will affect the middle class. Any law that they... Look, folks, let me explain something. Every single nicely titled law that these morons have come out with in the last several decades of going after the rich and punishing the rich, this, that, and the other, it had the exact opposite effect. It decimated and destroyed the middle class. It increased poverty. It increased crime. It increased the amount of people who are laid barren and destitute. That's all it did. It had the express opposite effect. Now watch this. So you have unrealized gains. Does it make sense that these altruistic wonderkins who are in who inhabit the American government all of a sudden they care about going after poor uh, after the wealthy they care about going after billionaires so what do they do they first want to postulate hiring 85,000 IRS workers and then and then they're hoping they're hoping they can get a law passed so Every transaction, $600 or more is looked at and, and thoroughly vetted by the IRS. That's in your bank account or your business account. And they're going to determine what is a profit and what is a loss. 600 bucks. And at the same time, they're going after the competition saying, you know what, uh, if you got unrealized gains, unrealized gains, I love that. We're going to tax it. So let me get this straight. You guys first put everybody's assets in a bubble by printing to oblivion. And then when all of our assets and all of our liquidity accounts start to grow because of the money printing and the stimulating and the twisting and the tarping and the zerping that you all were doing at the Fed and at the Treasury, once our assets have grown, you're going to go ahead and you're going to hit us with unrealized gains on top of a capital gains tax. And already the administration saying, I want a capital gains tax at 52%. Uh, President Cornholio, the crash test dummy in the White House, the hologram that is Biden. That idiot and the people who are morons who control that idiot, they're proposing a 52% capital gains tax. That's wonderful. Folks, let me explain something to you. If there's anything you'd get in my damn near 10 years of doing this, if there's any one takeaway from me that you should take, is this, is Gershom's Law. I like to take Gershom's Law, which is a very wordy thing, talking about species, good species, chasing, you know, chasing out bad species, or bad species, chasing out good species, talking about money and monetary funds. If I were to break it down, just take this for what it's worth. Money goes where it's treated well. 
That's Grisham's law in a nutshell. That is from Senor Gurria himself, the Optimus Prime and his children. Money goes where it's treated well. What do you think is going to happen to all these billionaires and their all these billionaires in the making, all these millionaires in the making. What's going to happen to all these uh, entrepreneurs running businesses that are clocking a few million dollars a year, but they themselves are not taking home a couple of million dollars? Yeah, they have overhead, they have expenses, they have pay, payroll to make, this and the other, right? What do you think they're going to be doing with their unrealized gains? They're going to get the hell out of here. Folks, this is this ship is sinking. And this is what I said. I've said this so many years ago. As the nation goes broke, its security apparatus stops looking from, for enemies from without and starts to look for enemies from within. And that is exactly what's going on. We're looking at enemies from within. And why? Because there's no more foreign lands to conquer. This nation doesn't have the power, the will, or the testicular fortitude to go to war with any sort of rival power. And these rival powers, down to even Iran and Turkey, has already gut-checked the great Uncle Sam. So Uncle Schmuck ain't got nowhere to go. So Uncle Schmuck's last bit of detail is to shake down his own family members. This is what a crackhead does. You got a family member that's a crackhead, he's going to steal from you. You got a family member that's a crackhead, he's going to push you and squeeze you in order to get a few more pennies out of you or steal a few more pennies out of you just so he can get his next hit. That's what we are. We are the crackhead on the global stage. Keep that image in your head. We are the crackhead in the global stage. So all these things are happening with this cat with this unforeseen gains, right? In the scramble to find a tax hike that all 50 Democrat senators can support. Even Senator Christian Cinema okays a tax on billionaires' unrealized gains. Oh, it's so virtuous. They care about us. They care about the middle class. <sighs> when the dust settles, I am hoping that this whole system gets purged. It doesn't work. It's very dangerous to have a system like this with people that are so binarily constrained in their thinking. And they have this mix of this divine unction upon them. Like they think that there's some sort of a, a divine mission upon us. There's
Hey, uh, where did you guys, uh, I don't know how that happened. My mic just muted itself. Where did you guys, uh, where did I leave off? Did you guys tell me? Hmm. Okay, I'm trying to, can you guys hear me? I don't know what's going on here. That is the craziest thing. That is the craziest thing. How long was it? Guys, this is the crazy thing. I'm like standing up. I am nowhere near. 45 seconds of you. Thank you, Jordan. That's crazy. I was nowhere near anything. And all of a sudden, the damn mic just muted itself. I, I, I don't. And in order to do that, you'd have to go onto the, the web browser that I'm utilizing, the platform that I'm utilizing, and you have to toggle. You have to toggle the actual mute button. That's wild. All right, 60 seconds. So I'm going to bring it home here. They're talking about a wealth tax, right? And they're talking about a wealth tax, and they're obsessed with having a wealth tax on billionaires. And they're talking about an unrealized wealth tax. How the hell are you going to have an unrealized wealth tax? And who determines that? And they're like, we're going we're gonna to determine that. We're going to come out with the metrics. And folks, this is again, like I said, Gershom's law. Money goes where it's treated well. People that are productive, people who actually want to create businesses, people who want to create wealth for themselves, for their communities, for their country, will not stay here. They will not stay here because it's a very business unfriendly environment. And this is why, folks, it's not a coincidence. You have the wealth tax with unrealized gains. You have the social media stuff. You have the we're gonna we're gonna go after six. If you got six hundred bucks in your bank account, we're gonna go after you. We're gonna look into you. All this is just a myriad of control. They're controlling the bottom. They're controlling the middle. They're controlling the top. And then they're squeezing. They're squeezing the entire thing. They're squeezing the entire system to close in on you, no matter what strata your income is in. That's why it's important. Go where you're treated best. Go where you're treated well. That's why it's important that people stand up to this and call it off what it is. It's a ploy. These people don't care about the poor. They've created more poverty. Every day of their life, their very existence is about Wealth transfer in other means. Their very existence is to create poverty. That's their very purpose. So driving it all home, what does it all mean? Control on banking, control on wealth, social media engineering, social control, social credit, backed by some sort of carbon credit nonsense is coming. That's what they're hoping to do. Last but not least, I'm going to close with this. 
There was a great article on Revolver. I like Revolver. I get a lot of my domestic news from Revolver. If I want to follow up on the latest domestic happenings, I go to Revolver.news. Love it. Warren Beatty does a great job over there. It's replaced Drudge for me because Drudge is a complete sellout. Ever since he sold the company years ago. The article here is uh, Chinese President Xi's secret philosopher analyzed America and his findings could reverse our country's decline. China's rise presents the U.S. with a rival that is harder to understand than any who came before. China, with its challenging language, thousands of years of civilization, and bespoke mixture of Marxism and local innovations, it's far more alien than the British, Germany, or Russia could ever be. Even Japan, with its aggressive adoption of Western moors since the 60s, is far more comprehensible than the Middle Kingdom, as the Chinese call themselves. And this is true. I mean, a lot of people have a hard time trying to define what China is. So there's a lot of binary thinking. There's a lot of knee-jerk reaction. Ah, it's Marxist communism. No, it's really not. It's actually confusion. Or Confucius. They're more Confucius than they are Marx. They're more merit, they're a meritocracy. They are a merchant class. There are a lot of things. We have all, and, and they take, honestly, they, they literally are like, they take the best aspects of what works and they implement it, they test it, they utilize it. If it doesn't work, they get rid of it, they move on to the next thing. In a meritocracy, that's what happens. It's constantly evolving. It's no surprise that the Western takes on China, its goals and its priorities often feel more like guesswork than substantive analysis. Folks, I deal with a lot of Westerners. i got a lot of friends of mine who are Westerners from Europe, the U.S., Israel, and, and such other places who live within China. I could not pay them to come back to live in the United States for any amount of money. That kind of makes you think. But Americans are hoping to understand the new global superpower have one excellent asset. A heretofore unknown power behind Xi's throne has written an entire book revealing exactly what he thinks of America. The book is America Against America. That's pretty wild, isn't it? It's a great title. It's exactly what's happening today. We have two Americas. We have two economies, it looks like. You have the blue economy, which is lockdowns and mandates and this, that, and the other, and people quitting in mass and economic malaise and downturn and stagflation running rampant and you got the red economy, vibrant and whatnot and if you guys didn't know Ron DeSantis is opening up all of Florida's ports so for any one of these cargo ships that are sitting there floating around off the coast of LA or Long Beach can turn tail and head right back to Florida if they wanted to and unload their cargo. Two economies. America Against America by Wang Huning a secretive gray eminence of the Chinese Communist Party. Anyone who wants to understand modern China, how it sees America, and how it plans to overtake America by avoiding America's mistakes has a duty to familiarize themselves with this book. And anyone who wishes to reverse America's decline would well be well served studying Wang's thought. Now, 
This is why they don't have any machinations. They don't have any machinations of global conquest like we do. Oh, we gotta, we gotta contain them. We gotta stuff them out. We gotta do this. We don't want them to rise. They want to replace us with the new power. No, they don't. They can give rats around. They're an economic power. They're a civilizational power. They're a regional power, and their interests are regional. They have no aspirations of running a broke empire. Why they saw all the mistakes we've made. Recent article in Palladium profiled Wang at length. Wang Huning much prefers the shadows to the intelligent, to the limelight, excuse me. An insomniac and a workaholic, former friends and colleagues described the bespectacled, soft-spoken political theorist as introverted and obsessively discreet. It took former Chinese leader Zhang Zemin's repeated entreaties to convince the brilliant then-young academic who spoke wistfully of following the traditional path of a Confucian scholar, aloof from politics, to give up academia in the early 1990s and join the CCP. When he finally did so, Wang cut off nearly all contact with his former connections, stopped publishing and speaking publicly, and implemented a strict policy of never speaking to foreigners at all. Behind this veil of carefully cultivated opacity, it's surprising that so few people in the West know of Wang, let alone know him personally. Yet Wang is arguably the single most influential public intellectual alive today, a member of the CCP's seven-man Politburo Standing Committee. He is China's top ideological theorist, quietly credited as being the ideas man behind Xi's signature political concepts, including China Dream, the anti-corruption campaign, the Belt and Road Initiative, and a more assertive foreign policy, and even Xi Jinping's thought. So in other words, this guy is like Putin's right-hand man, whose name I forget. I mean, my God, my memory's failing me these days. Same type of person. The conciliary. This is the guy whose opinion matters. This is the guy that you pay to think. Wang's role as a top ideological theorist of a rising superpower would be interesting no matter what. But it is even more so thanks to the events of the last six months. Along with its growing economic and military power, China has also launched a dramatic social engineering effort meant to avoid the catastrophic social rot that has gripped America, South Korea, and other wealthy nations over the last few months. China has, that's what they did in the last few months, limited children to three hours of video games a week. If they did that in America, all the pasty-skinned, gyno-ridden young boys would have a conniption fit. Mountain Dew drinking, onion rings eating, sugary snacks consuming, man boob having, pasty-skinned boys that are in the basements of America will have a conniption. They'll probably commit suicide. They'll hang themselves. Now, they'll probably OD on Skittles and drop dead from an in insulin-induced coma. But China realized, look, we got we to curb what ails the West. If we try to do something like that here, the video game industry will stand up and say, no, this is bad. Oh, how dare you limit online video games? They come out and say, this is terrible. You can't do that. You're, 
you're depriving child children of 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 of, of, of an amazing online experience because it's a safe space. Every research says several, several hours of video gaming destroys the brain. Why do you think elites limit the screen time or have no screen time for the children? We can't do it here because we're swallowed the pill of rugged individualism. And rugged individualism is great. Be a rugged individual in every single one of your endeavors. 100%. But you cannot build a great civilization on just rugged individualism. It only gets you to a certain point. Civilizationally speaking, if you want a country that, that, that survives the next 100 to 200 years, because I don't think we're going to be surviving the next 10, but survives the next 200 years, you need to have some sort of a civil responsibility and a civic understanding, a civic Responsibility, excuse me. So they limited children to three hours of video games a week. They shut down the private school tutoring industry. You all remember the, the college scandals? Right? You all remember Aunt Becky from uh, Uncle, was it Aunt Becky? Yeah, from uh, Full House. She got caught. Everything in this country, in our country, folks, has turned transactional. Everything has turned for profit. It's kind of sickening. Even the damn schools are for profit. It is not what these kids actually learn. Because these kids in these elite schools are not learning much of anything. But for the love of God, Harvard has what, what, in the butt workshops. You're asking V, what is what, what, in the butt? It is an entire workshop on anal sex. That's Harvard. So the American elites are not are sending their kids to these elite schools and they're not learning elite material. They're still in the bottom of the barrel in comparison to other developed industrial nations. But they send their kids to elite schools. You know why? Not because they're learning anything but because of what? Networking. Why do you network? Because everything in your damn life is a transaction. Everything is transactional. Is that crazy? So they got rid of the uh, private school tutoring industry. Massive amounts of corruption there. They banned TV shows starring sissy men and all reality TV shows starring the children of celebrities. God forbid that would happen. Can you imagine if that would happen? Imagine what the Kardashian sisters would do. They would hang themselves from the rafters using their own lingerie. And the country would be better for it. Look at all these influencers in social media, on YouTube and on Instagram, all these, all these whores on Instagram, all these morons on, on OnlyFans and crap like that. They'd all kill themselves. The country would be a better place. Your children would have a better future. But they'd all be irrelevant. You couldn't make... 10 million for the year because you decided to stick a dildo up where God knows where on your OnlyFans account. Or you came out with the latest sex tape to stay relevant. Nobody would care. And the country would be a better place. And your children and your children's children will actually have a future. 
They restricted the advertising for expensive cosmetic surgery. So there's no feeling or causing the feeling of feeling uh, insecure. So you have women over there like you have women over here where I got to have the latest butt implant. Because right now, big butts are all the rage and I need to have a ginormous rear end. It's the only way for me to get ahead. I got to have a massive rear end. As Revolver wrote last month, this isn't simply an effort to impose a more serious or masculine ideal on the population, and it's not an attempt to crack down on fun. In fact, there appears to be a serious intention on part of the Chinese authorities to create a what? A more balanced, healthy, and happier nation. In other words, a stark contrast to the dying, decrepit, neurotic malaise they see spreading in westernized countries. This is where you have, this is where we end up. We have parents who are suing their doctors because the doctors are like, look, I don't want to give your your little boy who's five years old that you convinced him that he's really a girl. I don't want to start giving him puberty blockers. We're actually, these are the conversations that we have in this country. Last Friday, I put a video clip of gay Fred Flintstone, this moron standing outside of Netflix. I'm a trans, and he, you know, they, they, they don't introduce themselves. Like, oh, my name is V. What's up? Name's VJ. People call me Vince. Whatever. What's up? It's what I do. I'm from New York. This is what I, no, no. Uh, my name is so-and-so. My stage name is, is, is Medallion Cream. And I'm a cis, I'm a transgendered, uh, Jewish, non-binary, Z, my pronouns are Z. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're spending 15 seconds going, not only introducing your name, the name of your alter ego, which is the demon that possesses you, most likely, but you're also rattling off every single one of your damn pronouns. You're rattling off every single one of your, all these things that offend you. And all these descriptors before you even get to what you're, what's ailing you. And you're a mental patient. We have normalized mental insanity. We have normalized people who should be seeking therapy and help. And we've put them out there as normal. Not only normal, but here, go ahead and influence our children. My name is Richard Spencer, but my name is Medallion Cream. That's what I go by. I'm a pony. I like to wear furry outfits and, and drag queen story hour. From a seat on the standing committee, Wang is likely a driving force behind these initiatives. And if he is, then the roots of his campaign are fueled by the understanding that the U.S. he shows in America against America. Wang wrote the book in 1991, three years after a stint as a visiting scholar at the University of Iowa. His purpose for visiting and for Writing the book was straightforward. Wang explains in the book's opening pages, the Chinese phenomenon is why this ancient civilization with a long history of more than 2,000 years has declined in the modern era, why it is lagging behind modern nations of the world. The American phenomenon has a different dimension. The people wonder why this nation, with a short history of only 200 years, has become the world's leading developed country today. I believe that as a scholar living in the 20th century, 
has a responsibility to study these two phenomena. And as a Chinese scholar, he has a dual responsibility to study both the Chinese phenomenon and the American phenomenon in this way. He can better understand himself and the world and better explore the path of China's strength, like Tocqueville's democracy in America a century and a half before him. Wang's book is an insightful snapshot of a country the rest of the world has was fascinated by. The vast majority of the book is purely descriptive as Wang assesses everything from America's urban-rural divide to its manner of conducting presidential elections. In Wang's 1988 uh, visit came at the moment of America's absolute apex as the global economic, cultural, military superpower. Guys, if you all remember the 80s, damn, those are some good times. Those were some awesome times, man. I mean, everything, everything was great in the 80s. Wrestling was great in the early 80s, right? I mean, there was so much ass-kicking going on. God, it was beautiful being the red, waving the red, white, and blue. It was amazing. You felt great. The 80s was it. That was the zenith. That was the epoch. That was the apex of America's power. No doubt about it, the 80s, man. Whew. All sorts of ass-kicking. I remember being a kid watching WWF, before it was called WWE, but WWF Wrestling. You got Hulk Hogan every time he would come out waving that American flag. I am a real American. Dude, I would get choked up every single time I see that. I would get choked up. I'm like, damn. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You need to say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. You know? You all remember that. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Because what you going to do, brother, when Hulkamania runs wild on you? The 24-inch pythons and the Hulkamaniacs run wild. You all remember that, right? <laughs> The 80s was it. That was a, a, a plethora of ass-kicking. American greatness. It was wonderful. And so he came at that time. He came at the time that not only that ass-kicking was going on in America, the great, we had Rocky, we had all the action movies and action heroes and wrestling. We just collapsed the Soviet Union on top of that. God, it was freaking awesome. We had Reagan as president. God dang it, man. It was awesome. Good times. As he wrote in his book, the Soviet Union was not merely humbled, but destroyed. America appeared invincible, yet beneath this facade of impenetrable strength, Wang found critical, critical vulnerabilities. We can say that the United States is stable in developing society, but we can also say that the United States is a crisis-ridden society, says Wang. To understand the crisis Wang identifies is to understand why he has pointed China down the path he has, and to recognize them to see why is a way forward for America as well. Wang sees America in the values of a death spiral. Impressively, Wang is enormously well-read on the American culture. And at the time he wrote America Against America, he clearly read more about the American politics and society than most American PhDs. Wang's book is littered with summaries of American books that the typical Chinese reader has likely never heard of. Near the end of his book, Wang speaks positively and at length about Alan Bloom's book, The Closing of the American Mind, and mulls whether a spiritual crisis exists at the heart of American society, even as America externally seems to be at the apex of its success. What an amazing question to ask from a scholar. Is there a spiritual crisis? You know, that... That very term, do you think a single one of our Western scholars today would even would even utter those words? No. 
the most demented, rotted pustules of a mind that we have congregated in academia today would look at our crisis and say, you know, it's a lack of genders that we're in the crisis that we're in. It's a lack of programs. It's a lack of 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 this and a lack of that. It's a lack of uh, 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 of of government involvement. We need more government involvement. It's a lack of uh, uh, um, social justice. We need more five-year-old boys on puberty blockers. That's uh, that's what it is. Bloom's main idea today is that today's university education no longer enables its subjects to grasp the traditional values that founded Western civilization. And this is exactly what I've been saying forever. We have lost our soul. I don't want to hear about Turning Point USA and all this bullshit about bringing all a bunch of migrants here and selling them on capitalism. That's bullshit. We've lost our soul. We've lost the spirit of greatness. We've lost who we are as a people. Alan Bloom goes on to write, in the 1950s, the cultural relativism succeeded in destroying the idea of Western centrism. But at the same time, weakened the status of Western culture. Dominated by the spirit, university education resulted in young people with no concept of the past and no view of the future. That's right. Don't pledge allegiance. This is why you have decrepit criminal teachers with the corrupt, oh my God, the corrupt NEA and other teachers' unions who feel offended that the American flag is flying in their classroom, who feel offended in saying pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to this republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Can't say those words. It's racism. It's hate. Hate speech. But she can have the trans flag. They got got this new flag. I mean, every day they're adding new letters to their acronym. Can't even keep track of it anymore. So they're adding new colors to the flag. And the teachers caught on TikTok because that's what these psychopaths love to do. These 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 sociopaths, these these uh, narcissistic psychopaths. That's what they love to do. They like to go on TikTok and be like, yeah, "My kids, they were asking for and where do we pledge allegiance to? We don't see a flag." I said, "There's a flag," and and she's and she's pointing to the uh, trans-LGBTQ flag and laughing and chuckling about it. It's incredible. Dominated by the spirit, university education resulted in young people with no concept of the past and no view of the future. The university was responsible for conducting higher education do not provide knowledge of the glorious history of Western philosophy and literature. Students are unable to understand the order of nature and man's place in it through this knowledge. Universities do not provide the self-awareness needed for a serious learning process. What is the result? The younger generation knows very little 
about the classic works of Western history. Bloom said that once in class, he asked his students what book had impressed them the most. And surprisingly, none of them could name a masterpiece. One person said the Bible, but this book is not taught in college. Students watch Kramer versus Kramer to learn about divorce and sexuality. But few saw Anna Karina or the red and the black as indispensable in their own lives. Feminists are the enemies of classic writings. All literature is gendered. Do you understand that, folks? This is why the feminists hate it. Because literature is gendered. And how could writers of the past, Socrates, Plato, Shakespeare, Rousseau, Tolstoy, Stendhal, have the ideas of today's feminism? With many forces at work, the classical masterpieces have become yesterday's flowers. The progeny of feminism, the end result of feminism, is what we have today in the radical left movement is what you have today with the whole Rainbow Coalition. The Rainbow Mafia. It's what you have today with these 3,000 genders. It's what you have today with all these, hey, you know what, uh, there's you know so many of the uh, genders and LGBTQ and all this other stuff. And what are they doing? They're turning around and now they're eating the feminists. It's insane. Wang echoes Bloom's description of a vast nihilism gripping America's college-educated young adults, a worldview that could conceive of no unifying bedrock truths and consequently has nothing to build society on top of it. The decline of traditional value system of the West will eventually hit democracy. There is no value system in society that can be used as a value system to guide individual decisions, and university education does not provide such a system. There is a very close relationship between ideas and social development. And when ideas end, so do the social institutions and ways of behaving guided by such ideas. When you kill culture the way the, the leaders of the West have, you kill its spirit. And when you kill the spirituality of a people, you destroy their ideas. And when those ideas are destroyed, you absolutely bring to ruin the very institutions, ideals, and powers that are built by those institutions. We are a spiritually starved nation. And what people need to understand is we need to stop looking for some sort of a program or throwing money at it to fix the problem or trying to educate the third world that are right now punching through our southern border as to the virtues of capitalism and how to be productive citizenry. It's not going to happen. My God, we have a lot of work to do. Wang visits various American cities. He sees the ramifications of this nihilism everywhere. Even though America is far wealthier than China, it has more drug addiction, far more crime, and its families are crumbling apart. And this is what he noticed back in the 80s. But instead of seeking values-based solutions to these problems, Wang sees America 
Wang's America sees these problems as technological puzzles that can be solved with the right program, the right invention, or if all else fails, a boatload of money. In the face of intricate social and cultural problems, Americans tend to think of them as scientific or technological problems. Or it is a matter of money rather than a matter of people, of subjectivity. This is also true in the political sphere. The approach to the growth of Soviet power was to desperately develop equipment superior to Soviet weapon systems, including the eventual proposed Star Wars program. The way to deal with terrorism is to strike the other side with advanced attack forces. The way to deal with threats in international waters is a powerful and well-equipped fleet. The way to deal with regimes, if you don't like it, is to provide the opposition with a lot of advanced weaponry. Remember, Wang wrote the above in 1991. Is it any surprise that China has stood aside in bemused silence while America has expended its wealth and well-being on decades-long wars to stamp out ephemeral dangers like terrorism? Wang sees American democracy as a transactional to the point of being fake. Early in the book, Wang writes, the United States is also generally considered to be a Western democracy and a typical Western democracy at that, and Americans are proud of it. The Constitution, the election campaign, separation of power, citizen participation in politics, so on and so forth, show one side of the system. But the other side, can commoners really dominate the politics of this country? Can you? You can't. My analysis in this book shows that the powerful groups that dominate the politics are above the common people. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And he goes on to detail about, you know, I, I, I re- recommend you go to revolver.news and read the article yourself. But he goes on to talk about lobbyists and how they affect it. In other words, what has happened because everything has become so damn transactional. We have a transactional ruling class above us that is far and away above us, far and away separate from us. They're the ones pulling the strings. They're the ones steering the ship. And everything is for their purpose and for their wealth. And they don't care about this country. They don't care about the soul of America. They don't care about the spirit of America. They don't care about anything about America. All they care about is their profit at the end of the day. And they are a, a, a parasitic class. A parasitic ruling class that have been sitting in the shadows. They have no allegiance to nations. They have no allegiance to any borders. They don't recognize anything. The only thing they recognize is their bottom line. The only thing they recognize is their wealth. The only thing they recognize is their power. These are men like George Soros. Folks, we have so many things to work on as a country. But anybody who says that, you know, it's about creating a new system, it's about having a new program, it's about putting money to where, putting money to work here, putting money to work there, is missing the entire point. The country is broken and bankrupt. It is morally decayed. The only way to turn around a nation such as this is a spiritual revival. And there has to be a revival of Western values. There has to be a revival of Western culture. Otherwise, it's gone. It's only going to be something read in history books in certain academic circles around the world. It's going to be gone. 
And I, I once joked years ago when I looked at uh, all these uh, pink and purple-haired nut jobs walking around and protesting and, and doing this and doing that, I once joked and said, look, look at the purple-haired beaver bumper. Because that is who the inheritors of Western civilization are. And that is what's happening. This thing is not going to be turned around by one man. This thing is not going to be turned around by one group. It has to be a system-wide purge. People that have been in the system for so long have to be purged out of it. They all have to be uh, uh, they all have to be fired. They all have to be waylaid. They all have to be put aside. New talent has to come in. New restrictions have to come in. This is such a bloated pig of a mess. The whole thing's got to go. You cannot untangle this and decide, hey, I'm going to save this and then get rid of that. No, the whole thing has to go. The whole thing has to end. Anyway, guys, I'm at the end of the show. Thank you all for listening in. I apologize for the, I don't know how that mute button got activated uh, earlier in the broadcast, but it is what it is. It's what happens when I don't have CJ with me. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, uh, same Gorilla Time, same Gorilla Channel. Uh, again, follow us, roguenews.com. Subscribe, like, comment, share. Make sure like there's like 60% of you that come in through that, that listen, but you're not hitting that subscribe button. You're not hitting with a thumbs up. Please help us out. That helps us trend with the algorithms. It goes a long way to keeping us afloat. So make sure you do that. And with that being said, I'm over and out.